Welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Lori Salarulo. I am the President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida, and I am so proud to be your host today, um, and every day for that matter, I guess. Um, you know, I feel like one of the luckiest leaders in the world um, these days doing these podcasts and, and video shows has just been so inspiring and getting a chance to talk with leaders, hearing how they've navigated times like today's and, and other times in their lives has really been very motivational uh, and and really a learning opportunity for me as well. And I know it is for the young people in our programs who get to watch these shows. And today's guest is somebody that I have known in the community for a long time. Um, and I'm always amazed by her and uh, inspired by her. And um, when you meet her, you'll know why. But she is um, a role model for me. But what I love is that she's just a little bit younger than me. And so I know that she's going to be an amazing role model for our young people when they get to see this, especially our young women. So please help me welcome today, uh, Kelly Alvarez. Uh, Oh, I should actually add the tally back on there as well. Uh, the founder and president of Strategic Philanthropy. Oh, you know, I know I didn't forget about Randall, but I, you know, to me, you're always Kelly Alvarez. So well, I'll take it. I answer to whatever these days. <laughs> I know, right? During this whole thing, we answer to whatever is right. Whatever you call me, I answer. It's fine. Exactly. So I know you have had a lot going on, um, you know, with with work and navigating all of this and moving and a and a young child and and running your own business. I, you look so well put together, I must say. Yes, you know, uh, uh, hours of lead time, knowing that I have to get dressed and put makeup on and shower, really helps out. So thank you. <laughs> And I know we kid about that, Kelly, but, you know, I mean, look, you and I have had so many great conversations around all this and how do you juggle it all and how do you, I, I won't use the word balance because I don't think that is such a thing, but you know, how do we manage it all? Um, and so I'd love to just start there since we're kind of there, you know, and just talk about, especially through this time, but you always worked remotely or not always, but at least in the last few years. So did you have to make any shifts during this time, right? Because Grayson is getting a little older. What what did you go through now to make that all work? Yeah, so we've been working remotely. Um, so obviously, Strategic Philanthropy was founded in 2012, um, and we wanted to be remote-based. I mean, I knew that I wanted to work from home. I wanted that flexibility. I wanted my team to have that flexibility if they wanted it, and then always be able to kind of meet and regroup whenever we needed to. Um, when the pandemic started and everybody was trying to adjust from working from home and figuring out what their schedule looked like and and what it was like to actually work from home and we were just rolling with the punches it was just you know year 10 of this so um it was very it was very easy and obviously i have a husband who's been in the corporate world for quite some time and has never missed a day of being in the office and i you know i remember looking at him the first day and was like <laughs> you have to adapt to this because it's different. It's a different way of working. Um, but I was fortunate enough, you know, my kid, like many others, um, school stopped in mid-March. And that said, you know, I became 
a teacher. And yeah, he was in preschool and it's nothing as intense as some other, you know, parents had to do. But, you know, I had the flexibility with my job. And this is one of the reasons why I created the job was I had the flexibility to teach him from eight to one. And then I would start working from one until whatever time I got, I got finished. But it's, it's, it's the, the flexibility and, um, the flexibility that I was able to do that because you know some people have to report to work um some people weren't given that option and so i just felt really lucky and grateful that i had built this opportunity for me and my family yeah you know it's interesting and, and that's something that i guess you don't hear too many people talk about these days but you know i think about when my children were younger you know at that time i was married you know and the way i grew up was very different right the men went to work and the women you know took care of the kids my mom was a working mom so my mom did both, right? Um, and so it's really interesting because Randall is, you know, I think the younger generation, right? You guys are younger than me, right? There's there's a lot of lot more involvement I think, from the fathers these days um, to to be a part of their children's lives and to make this work. Right, as a couple versus the mom by herself making it work. Yeah, it's we're very very lucky. We always say um, engraved on our wedding band it says like lucky because we we know that we are very lucky to have found one another um, to find an equal partner. And Cheryl Sandberg said this in her first book. You know, leaning in, it's like you know if you can find somebody that's will you know that's able to be your husband, your partner, your biggest cheerleader. Um, sometimes that don't, you don't always get all three, and we're fortunate. <laughs> together and um he's my biggest advocate my he's a business coach he's a therapist he's a husband he's a best friend he fills a lot of roles you know I, it, kelly i have to believe that that's one of the ingredients to your success is the fact that you do have that equal partnership at home i think people that are single parents or um trying to figure this out and trying to do it all by themselves it's, it's got to be daunting yeah and when you know i kind of you know, in prepping for this interview, I was like, okay, what are the ingredients to success? And I was kind of writing down some notes. Number one was, I have a supportive husband. I have a husband who's my biggest cheerleader. Um, you know, when the I can't monster comes in and says, you know, I can't do this. He's like, yes, you can. You can do this with your eyes closed. And, you know, it's really him helping, you know, he's so instrumental behind the business, just pushing me, driving, helping, answering questions. I mean, it's, um, really, really lucky and fortunate, again, to, you know, to have found each other and, and built that type of relationship. It's not, uh, you know, it's not storybook. I don't want anybody to believe it's storybook. There's no issues and we just magically wake up every day. It's no, it's, it's hard work, it's commitment, it's open, hard conversations, um, and, you know, just a commitment to, to be together. But, you know, all those things you just talked about are the same things that we need to have in any healthy relationship, right? Whether it's our our team, whether it's our family, whether it's our friends, right? You've got to have open, honest, authentic, transparent communication, right? And and understanding what who plays what role well, in everything. One of things, too, I, I thought about as far as like what are the ingredients to the success. One of them I had pointed out was there's a culture in our company to be sure that we are open to feedback so that one, I can give feedback to my team. And I ask a lot of feedback of my, you know, from my clients and my teammates who some are young, some are old, um, but I'm, I leave a meeting. I'm like, tell me what I can do better. And you have to be open to that feedback mm -hmm. to ask it. It's another thing to receive it and really be open to it and be willing to change if it's hard to hear. Um, so that's definitely, you know, another ingredient to, to kind of the success of this whole. This yeah. Whole 
I love that. And, and, you know, you just, you said something and I wrote it down because I think it's so common, especially in our young girls today. So you had a pretty traditional career in nonprofit, raising money. I remember when you were thinking about going off and starting your own company. Crazy. And I think I was trying to get you to come and work with me or something. I don't know, but it was definitely an ulterior motive, but you were hell bent on, on starting your own company. Did that, you know, what was that like? And did that I can't monster creep in right during that time? Like what was, what did you go through making that, that jump, that risk? There were, there were a few thought processes that happened at different points in, in, in life. And one was um, I was in graduate school and I was doing a, an internship for the, um, the athletic arm of the university. And they pretty much said like, build the program. Like they gave me complete freedom. And I remember, you know, I could come in and whatever I wanted to. And I came in at 10 o'clock and I was just like, if I could start every day at 10 o'clock, that would be like the best job ever. Never really have been a morning person until I had kids. Um, but what I learned there was I got to operate on a bunch of different cylinders. I got to do business development. I got to do marketing. I got to do IT. And it really felt invigorating. And I remember thinking, I always want to have this feeling. Mm -hmm. um, two, when I entered, you know, while it was the nonprofit world, it was a very, uh, you know, it was a large nonprofit. Um, it was very corporate, you know, sales calls and how many meetings a week and so forth. And what I realized in that scenario was that um, even I've always been a fast worker. And even if I got my work done faster than anybody else, I had to sit there for eight hours because that's corporate culture. You have, you have to be there. You're, you know, people have to see your face. Um, and I just thought it, it didn't incentivize me to want to like, work harder or faster because I had to just be there for eight hours. Interestingly, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, um, I knew that I one day down the road wanted to be a mom. And I thought corporate America did not allow, doesn't allow for motherhood and, corp and like corporate and being in the corporate environment. You have to ask for permission to be in part of your kid's life, to go to your kid's school, to see them a program, take them to a doctor. You have to take sick days, vacation days to be a part of your kid's life, even though, you know, having young children is instrumental to our economy and our society. And I just did not want to ask anybody for permission on how I wanted to live my life. And the only way to do that was, you know, to start my own, you know, to start my own company. Um, and so really grateful that, you know, I get the flexibility to, yes, I might have to work till 10 o'clock one night just to catch up because I volunteered at my kid's school, but I um, every night. <laughs> I, I, I welcome that. I, I want that opportunity, not only for me, but I want that for our team members. You know, um, anybody who works from us, I always just say, get the job done. I don't care if you work at three o'clock in the morning or seven in the morning. I don't care. Work at the beach. <laughs> I don't care. Just right. get the job done. And I think that flexibility um, that resonates with a lot of people and, and really wants them to kind of work for us and, and come yeah. You know, it's interesting because there's been such a shift, right, in in workplace, you know, um, values and ideas of what it should look like. Yeah. They're now totally blown out of the water. Um, and, you know, with an organization like ours, uh, in some jobs, we can be flexible now. And I think this is absolutely, I, I admit, this has opened my eyes to this. Yeah. Um, I always was about results anyway and flexibility. So if you're to leave early, I don't care. As long as you're getting the job done, right? Yeah. That doesn't matter to me. Um, but there are some jobs, right, working directly with the students and things like that or the teachers that you, you can't be remote um, when, we're, when we're in normal circumstances, right? Yeah. But I do think, you know, I think it, it depends on personalities. 
Um, some people want need the structure, want the structure, want to report in. I, I can assure you that when I think the business is open, my husband will be will be in the office on day one. Um, he likes that environment. Um, you know, he you know he's working from home fine, but he really enjoys being in that corporate environment. Um, so I think for some people, they want it and need it. Great, no problem. But for those who you know who have a job where they, you know, they don't have to be forward facing to, you know, with a student or something on a day to day basis, um, allowing them to have that flexibility, I think is key. And, and, and you might, you might have an employee a lot longer, you know, instead of somebody jumping ship because for a better opportunity. Yeah. Once you have it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you, you know, you talked about that a big part of the reason for you making this decision was to basically, I wrote it as live life on your terms, right? You, you wanted to live your life the way you wanted. Um, and, and I love that about you always and everything that you do. But I have to imagine that there was apprehension, that there was that I can't monster at certain times when you were trying to get this going. You know, when this COVID hit, did you, you know, did you say, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen with my accounts? Right. Yeah. I, tell me some of the feelings and things that you went through. So in the beginning, um, the funny story when people say, how did you start your company? Um, corporate philanthropy was the job that I always wanted. Didn't know it existed in college. You know, only found out when I was in the nonprofit world that there was these people on the other side, like giving away money to the community. I was like, where was that presenter in college? That, that, that's really interesting. Um, and it's the job that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of jobs in that sector. And the people who do have that job, they never retire. It's a great job. It's a wonderful gig. And so you're constantly waiting for someone to retire for you know ten positions in the entire county. And so uh, one day, again, my you know my husband, uh, I think it was my even my fiance at that at that time, newly husband said, you know, you should do this for a living. You should you know people should contract you to do their philanthropy. And we're making our you know we're making our bed on a Saturday. And I said, that is the dumbest idea ever. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I literally walked out of the room. I was like, that's so, that's dumb. And so I walked out of the room. And Randall being Randall didn't push it. I kind of let that fester and marinate and, you know, whatever. And I came back a week later. I was like, okay, wait, I think I can do this. Like, what does that mean? And he's like, you know, I'll help you with the finances. He was in banking at that time. Um, but I went to Amazon. I bought a book called how to start a business and I would go to cafe and do homework and just sit there on like how to write a business plan. And so, um, so yeah, in the beginning, I mean, I, and there were a lot of people who now even to this day say like, I can't believe you did it. And I can't believe it succeeded. Um, because they were shocked. It was like, we were the first corporate philanthropy firm in Florida, which is kind of crazy. Um, so, but yeah, there's always those doubts of like, who is going to possibly hire me? Um, but again, again, we always talk through another, ingredient of success is I value my reputation. My mom has always said that from the get-go. She has said, you could have nothing in your life, nothing to your name, but as long as you have your reputation, you can go places. And so just making sure that, you know, everything that I have done, um, I try to do to the best of my ability, the gold standard, because you're always being judged. You're always being judged, um, whether that's a volunteer position or sitting on a board, you know, if you can do your non-work functions well, that when the opportunity arises, for a work opportunity, people will think of you because it's like, well, she was able to manage this and this, and they didn't, she didn't even get paid for that. <laughs> Imagine if she got paid. Right. That was in the beginning. Um, when COVID struck, and I shared with you on the phone, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I thought we were done. You know, community relations is, you know, the first thing to hit when people are, um, you know, laying off employees. But 
one of our a, a key component to our business model is that we really target a medium-sized business who philanthropy is ingrained in their culture. And so this wasn't something that they were just going to toss to the side and say, well, it was good while it lasted. Um, you know, philanthropy and giving and volunteerism and workplace giving is so instrumental to their values that they've been, we've been lucky and we've been grateful that they've kept us on board. But what was really most interesting is that, you know, here I was thinking 2020, this, this is the year of strategic philanthropy. And all of a sudden you get this hiccup and I thought, you know, okay, well, we have to go in a different direction. And all of a sudden, government agencies and government, you know, government centers started calling us and saying, hey, we have relief funding. We want to offer mortgage assistance, utility resist, uh, assistance to our residents who are hurting. Can you do that? And that's when that I can't monitor came in. It's like, no, it's not what I do. I don't, I don't do that. And Randall said, of course you do this. You know, this is you, you create you know, um, programs and initiatives and structures and applications and criteria to kind of frame what giving is, and then you help give that money away. So this time it wasn't necessarily to a nonprofit, but it was to a resident. And I think the biggest life lesson there was know what you do well, know what that skill set is, so that when times change, okay, maybe we don't give to a nonprofit, but we we can do this. We can frame it a little bit different and we can go in a different direction. And when I tell you, I've gotten so many calls um, over the last month of governments just being like, can you handle this for us? And the answer is yes, absolutely we can. And in doing so, being able to hire people who are struggling because they've lost their jobs or their hours have been cut, it's just really hard to turn down business right now when so many people are hurting. Yeah, no, that is so true. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a meeting this morning. I think it was uh, Phil Purcell was talking about the marine industry. And he said six months ago, if you would have told us that the, that we would be thriving, right? And that boat sales would be through the roof, okay? Um, and boat services, right? We, I would never have believed that he said, but people have been, you know, cooped up and they want to get out. And so they're buying, you know, second homes that are nearby and they're, you know, buying boats and, and servicing their boats and they're spending more time on the water. And so, you know, I don't think any of us anticipated what was coming, uh, but for some industries, it's been a blessing. And for others, of course, it's been uh, a real challenge. Um, but I love the part about valuing your reputation. The other thing that, that you didn't mention in that, and I thought you were going to go there next, was you also had amazing relationships in this community. Right. Right. Well, and but I have relationships, again, that kind of ties into the reputation. I had amazing relationships because I had proven myself on all of these committees and all of these boards and all of these fundraising events. Um, and so I was able, you know, when, when we started the company and I put together a list of, you know, 50 center of influences, people who could either like hire me or refer me business. I was very, I'm, you know, I'm always so impressed by 2012, Kelly. I'm like, wow, she was a real girl. It's a badass. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but I made that list of people that I could call on. And even though they could say some people couldn't hire me, they would take the meeting. And I'm like, let me just tell you what I do. This is a brand new industry because you're going to be in a meeting somewhere. Somewhere, Someone's going to bring this up. And you might say, oh, let me connect you with. And Lori, I, I don't call. call I, I, I mean, I, I've been fortunate. I do not get all of my business from word of mouth. Somebody has said, you need, if you're going to do this, you need to talk to her because this is your, her niche, it's corporate philanthropy, it's community giving, it's outreach, it's volunteerism. This is kind of what we specialize in. And, you know, people, you know, if you're good to people and, and you do good work, then people are going to 
Sometimes right, and that's kind of they always say, karma, right? If you do good stuff, good stuff yeah. will come back. I agree, but you know, and it's true. I mean, you build your reputation, but mm -hmm. sometimes there are people who can build their mm -hmm. reputation, and then they don't leverage those relationships, mm -hmm. right? You you were wise enough to figure out whether it was through that book, right, of so starting a business, or wherever you learned it from, or your mm -hmm. mentor there, your your Randall, right, to say, okay. Mm -hmm. Who, who knows about my reputation and, and being willing to put yourself out there and asking for help, and right? I, so that is not something a lot of us strong women do well, yeah. is ask for help. So I kind of, that's what I hear in that, that you willing to say, hey, can you help me? What 100%, and what I learned in coming over to the corporate world is I would go to all these meetings and then people at the end would say, well, how can I help you? I was like, this is, this is shocking. Like it, it was such a, you just kind of never heard that in the nonprofit world. You know, you were always asking, you know, like, please, please support the fundraiser or whatever. And at the end of every corporate, you know, corporate meeting I would have, it's like, well, tell me, how can I help you? Who are the type of clients you go after? And you're like, is this, is this really happening? People want, people want help. And they do. If you're in the business world and, and especially if you've started up, um, and you know the struggles and you know the challenges and you know whatever you're you're willing to to lend a hand out you know a hand out to pull somebody you know uh, from the bottom so that they can you know so they can too succeed yeah well you know what i mean listen i think in this world today we know that we have to help each other connect right and so them helping you to connect one day they might need your help to connect with somebody so i think it, it always comes back you know um we talk about um you know, you went into philanthropy um, and you said you did an internship. Did you always know you wanted to to be in that, you know, make a difference kind of thing? Because I know I didn't. No, I, was, um, I got my, I went to Florida State. So either you love me or you hate me, depending on where you lie in the state. I was in New York, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, right. So um, I, I stayed there for grad school because they gave me a full ride. And I, I mean, I was going to, I was going to corporate America. I was going, I mean, I was applying to PepsiCo and Frito-Lay in Dallas. I had cousins out there and I just thought, you know, that's where I was, I was gonna be. And um, another mentor in college, his name is Mike Palios. Um, again, I was really involved in college and a bunch of different organizations said, you need, I'm gonna connect you with my friend, Allison Yu. And she, at the time, worked for the nonprofit that I was with. Um, and he's like, just go meet her. And, and he's like, you, got, you have very similar personalities. So I drove up to Orlando for an, an interview with another corporation had met with her to have coffee and I realized midway through she starts interviewing me. And I was like, oh let me let me let me sit up a little straight here. Um, but we have very similar personalities, very type A kind of go-getter. And and I think it was Mike knowing me well enough to say like she's so involved in all these groups, you might need a little bit more purpose in your life. And sometimes um corporations don't allow for that. You're either you're corporate and then you have to like maybe volunteer on on the side. Um, and what's interesting is we're, we're kind of saying in our company, why don't you get to do both? Go be in the corporate world, but allow your volunteer, allow your employees to volunteer. That can now be virtual volunteering because that's just the world we're living in. That yep. could be giving them um, time, specific time off so that they can go and read to kids or feed the homeless or whatever it is that makes them tick. But when you give people purpose, they, you can be both. You don't just have to be one thing. Um, and so it's interesting how that kind of merged this feel and this is kind of what I, you know, I'm telling companies to do that, you know, people can do both that you can work in the corporate environment, but you can also give back, you can do good and do well 
which is our time. Yep. I love it. You know, um, you and I, I think we probably met right around, uh, I, well, we knew each other before I got to leadership Broward, yeah. um, but, um, you were very involved and so was Randall right in the organization from the Emerge Broward as, as younger rising, you know, leaders in our community and then through leadership Broward. How important is that? You know, I, I know it's so interesting because I tell, sometimes I tell my, the younger people on my team, go find, oops, sorry, go find something, right? A group that, that speaks to you because even though we're in nonprofit, as you said, they need to be able to go out and, and do this, not as a paying job, right? Find what, what else you might be passionate about. Or just in, in leadership, Broward and Merge Broward is, is about leadership, right? So which is great. How important was that? How how did that change or, or make a difference in your life? I mean, I'm in Fort Lauderdale because Emerge Broward saved me. I mean, I was uh, originally from Palm Beach County, uh, from a teeny tiny town where you like, you know everyone. And, um, you know, I, I was living in Palm Beach, commuting to Broward, which mm -hmm. I had zero friends. Um, and somebody said, hey, I know a guy who's really involved. You should pick, a, pick his brain. That, that ended up being Randall. Um, and Randall, how that worked out. Um, and Randall said, oh, you should get involved in Emerge Broward. Because, again, when, once we kind of had, you know, when we had met to coffee or something, he had said, um, we were both really involved in college. He's like, get plugged in. And I mean, I tell people right and left, Emerge Broward is the only reason I stayed. Um, I found instantaneous friends who were like-minded, who were good people, who wanted to get involved. And you build that core network. Um, and you, and then you build roots in the community and you build friendships because, you know, year one of any, anytime you move to a city, it's hard. It takes, you know, a year to kind of get used to that city. It takes two years to really find friends mm -hmm. uh, and really emerge Broward and, and then getting plugged into all the various groups really kept me here. Um, and when people say like, where else would you move? I mean, we wouldn't. I mean, this is, I don't even know what the opportunity would be for us to, to uproot and go somewhere else. So that network is key. And we've also shared that during a pandemic, because of these networks from that we've had since we were 20 something years old, we can now pick up a phone and make business deals happen because we have 15 years, 20 years of relationship based on that, that somebody who is just coming out of college or somebody who's new to a job, if they don't have that network, it's really hard to do. So while working remotely um, is, is fantastic for some people, you know, Randall and I keep talking about for those who are new to a company, new to a city, like you need these outlets because you can't do business without those connections. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, I know there's a lot of now prospecting and, and building relationships online, you know, through social media and, and it works. I mean, believe me, I, I have seen it work. Um, but it's not quite the same in my opinion, especially for people like us that are people, people and social. Um, but, but you can, I just think that that's really important. If, if you could give, um, you know, one piece of advice to, um, our young, our young women who are in our entrepreneurial program and our career bound program, preparing and training uh, for for the workforce. Right? What would that be? And are they preparing for the workforce, or they're preparing to potentially start their own company, or both? It could be either or. Okay. Um, so I think that one again, just constantly, if you take the mindset of wanting to improve and take ego aside out of it and say, you know, how do I, how do I make myself better? How do I 
hone in on my skills? How do I take every experience and just become a better version of myself? If that can become your mantra um, so that you don't get upset when a boss gives you feedback or somebody else, you know, sometimes, sometimes feedback is hurtful and sometimes it's, it's, if it's not from somebody who cares about you and what your progress is, it could, it could be a little detrimental, but if it's coming from a, a, a boss or a mentor or somebody that you respect and value to really use that to make yourself a better person. And I think once you can do that and you're open, that's how you can continue you know, to grow and move up. And, and if people see that in a company, I mean, you want to pull them up. I mean, I had, my, my first employee um, was an NSU junior, and she called me one day and, you know, wanted to interview me. And that kind of led to, a, you know, to being like, hey, do you want to work 10 hours a month doing some data entry? And she did a great job. And she was constantly like, what can I do? I want to do more. And you would give her more and she would execute brilliantly. So you'd give her more and you give her more. And all of a sudden, I mean, she's a senior manager at my company. I mean, she could run the business. Um, and it's because she had the mindset of like, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to grow. I love her dearly. I value her. So if I give her any feedback, which isn't often, she knows it's it's um, it's well it's well right. it's for it's to help her grow right yeah. and reach yeah. her potential. I I think that's amazing, and I think you know. Listen, I think that's something you have to carry with you throughout your career because once you think you don't have anything else to learn or grow from, then I think you know you got to watch out. So, um, so I love that advice, and and one of these days we're going to get you in front of our our young uh, people to talk about that. I think I think they would love it. Um, and so you, I mean, gosh, I I could keep going and keep writing um, the ingredients that we talked about so far. And, and so I just want to kind of summarize some of them. And so, you know, the first one, of course, you talked about was finding that equal partner or the right partner, right? Someone who's going to support you and your goals um, and where you support each other. Um, getting past, I love this one. I, I, I And I love the way you put it, getting past that I can't monster, right? And pushing Really, you didn't say it this way, but I, what I heard you saying, I think, is pushing through it when that voice in your head says, I can't. And you're scared and you think, I can't do it. And I, I might fail. And if I fail, I'm going to tarnish my reputation. And then everything that you've built is, is going to crumble. But, you know, you build yourself, you know, you build yourself up with the right team and the right people around you. And if you don't know the answer, that's OK. We don't know them all. Like, go take them out. There's tons of free resources. There's tons of people that will talk to you about it. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah I think and by the way, you might fail. Yeah. You might fail everything you got. And yeah. you still might fail. And things might not go the way you think they're going to go. And you know what? That's part of life. And that's when, that's when you really learn and grow. And you go in a different direction. You learn and you grow and you move forward. It's just making sure. Right. Yeah, but I think when that happens, you have to you have to be authentic and admit, you know what, this didn't go as planned, yeah. right? Or I screwed up, or you know, we had challenges we just couldn't get through, right? Whatever it is, you have to admit, mm -hmm. you have to at least take responsibility for for not getting there. So, uh, and I love that communication. Uh, you talked about you know being open mm -hmm. uh, to feedback, um, uh, always. Uh, I love that you said uh, as people talk about passion, but you put it a different way, always feeling invigorated mm -hmm. by your work, right? 
um, and that you wanted to feel that always. Um, and I love that. Um, live your life on your terms and, and you know, make it work for, for what you want and your family and all that. Preparation, you talked about going and getting this book as you were ready to start your own business. And I know that you do that with everything. Um, and so preparing for things, whether it's a, a meeting or a, a new project or, uh, or your business. Always over, I, I mean, I would get to a meeting and I mean, I would wait for the CEO to ask me the most minute question because I thought that's the question he's gonna ask me and I need to know the answer to. So always over preparing um, so that you're just never in a spot where you, know, you just look like a yeah. I, that's true. Can never over prepare enough. Um, you know, taking chances, valuing your reputation, right? And I think that one is for me, for our young people, so critical. They have, I, I don't think they really understand right now the damage, right, that they can do to their reputations on social media and, and some really not so positive decisions that they might make. And so, and that things go with you forever, right? Forever. Um, People in high school always still think of you as the person you were in high school. It doesn't matter how much you do In high school, you're still that person. Exactly. Uh, mentors, right? Both mentoring others as well as having mentors. Know what you do well and stick with what you do well, right? And and stay, stay with it and do that. Um, you know, leveraging, using the relationships that you have to ask, right? Especially when it's something good. Why not, right? And most people want to help. If Especially if they like you and you have a good reputation. So, um, and making those connections, um, you know, having that purpose, you talked about the purpose, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Um, and of course, getting plugged in and building your network and then uh, the mindset of growth and learning. I mean, wow, if, if I could give this to every young person to follow, this is an amazing recipe for our young people. And you are proof that these things work, right? And can lead to success. But there's always, in every recipe, there's always one main ingredient. Mm -hmm. What is Kelly Alvarez Vitale's main ingredient? You know, so I can say my reputation and what we've talked about, but I, I can't go without saying that. Um, both of my parents are Cuban immigrants. My grandparents are Cuban immigrants. It's a very similar story that people have heard in South Florida. They lost everything, came here, you know, worked in packing houses, like putting lettuce together, putting lettuce in bags. They were janitors. They were business people in, in Cuba. Um, they started a, uh, one set of grandparents started a jewelry company in a teeny tiny town. Um, and they grew it and became super successful. And my dad ran in with his brother and it's just kind of a family business. Um, and they, they, my dad always said, you know, I might not beat them on X, but I can always offer great customer service. You know, I can always, oh, I'm going to cry, Lori. Uh, and so, you know, again, it, it, again, it's always going back to, you know, offering, you know, doing good for people, um, you know, keeping yourself, um, offering exceptional customer service to your clients, to your teams, to whatever, so that they, you know, that they'll stay with you. So I can't say that um, I am who I am without, you know, my, my family and my, and my, you know, grandparents and their struggle and everything that, you know, they, they've done to get us here. Yeah. Well, obviously it's in your blood, right? Um, I know. We're, we're just a Latin Italian stuff. So emotional about things, especially family. Um, and it was interesting because I almost asked you about family and how important it is to you because I know uh, that you're very close to your family and that you had an amazing 
um, you know, upbringing. And, and like you mm -hmm. said, I think, you know, listen, my, my great grandparents came from, from Cuba, same thing, landed in Ybor city. And, and like you said, worked their way up, you know, working, waiting tables and in, in the restaurant business and all that. And they were in that. And so I, I really do believe that that is part of our, our heritage. And I do believe it's part of our makeup, yeah. right? Um, seeing it, hearing about it, right? That hard work mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, is, you, it can never go wrong. Never. Um, and so, so thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you emotional. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I'll go. I'm sure my mom will that. <laughs> we don't want to mess up the mascara now. Um, but that, I, like I said, I mean, this is quite the amazing recipe. I, I really can't wait for our young people to see it. Um, and I thank you so much for, first of all, for your friendship over the years. Okay. You know, for being one of the mentors and always someone who's believed in me. So thank you. I know I can always count on you and have really honest, wonderful conversations that, again, I can take to heart and, and learn and grow from. So, you know, I adore you. Thank you for having well, me. Well, and, and the feeling is mutual. And by the way, when, you know, I, I feel the same way. To me, you're a mentor, right? So because I'm, you know, I may have grown up in the business world, right, with different rules and different yeah. culture. And so I always want to hear, right, other people's opinions and, and feedback on this because otherwise it doesn't make me the best leader if I just stick to my way of doing things and that's it. So um, so being open to that. So thank you for always sharing the honest truth with me as well. I love that about our relationship. Um, and I'm glad that you guys are doing well. And I want to thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Stay well, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay sane. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one. And I want to thank everybody today for watching and for our young people who are watching today. Um, I truly hope that you uh, aspire, right, to be uh, someone like Kelly um, and, and really take some of her advice mm -hmm. and her ingredients to heart because I think that if you do, um, you, you too can achieve um, that level of success, whatever that means for you, right? And in whatever field that is. So thanks everyone uh, for joining us. And thank you again, Kelly. And keep on cooking, everybody. Thank you. Take care.